0: This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rapp, and joining me for a very special Ice Cream Man episode, the one and only Nick White. Hey... Nick and I are here today to talk about our favorite series, Ice Cream Man, and today in specific, we're going to be talking about Ice Cream Man, Volume 7, Certain Descents. Full spoilers, by the way, if you're in the Volume 7 episode, you kind of got to expect that full spoilers are going to be here, but that's what's happening. This volume contains issues number 25 through 28, and as always, this series is written by W. Maxwell Prince with art by Martin Morazzo, colors by Chris O'Halloran, and letters by good old Neon Nick. How are you feeling about this particular volume of Ice Cream Man before we dive into the nitty gritty of it?
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's a smaller volume than the last couple volumes. I don't really remember the yeah. rest only having four issues. Um, this one's just got four. Uh, one oversized issue to celebrate um, hitting the 25 issue mark. Um, but despite there only being four, they're all pretty dense. They've all got uh, some pretty weighty Uh, heavy stuff to sort of dig into so I Mm -hmm, I think it mm -hmm. should be pretty exciting
0: yeah I definitely felt like this was one of the easiest volumes to read so I don't know if I think that this one was as dense so I'm really curious to understand why you think this one is more dense than previous volumes or maybe or maybe I just was reading on the surface and I wasn't actually taking this book in Let's dive in to see if that's the case. So I guess starting with uh, issue number 25, you want to give us a a quick little summary and then we can dive into our thoughts about it?
1: Yeah, I I, I guess the summary would be that the kind of framework of this issue surrounds uh, an airplane and all of the people on it, uh, the crew, the captain, um, the uh, passengers, uh, dealing with the fact that they've had sort of, I I think, like severe engine failure. Both engines Mm -hmm. are on fire. Uh, And they are beginning sort of an inevitable descent uh, towards the ground. And during that time, we sort of hop between um, a passenger on the plane who seems pretty not okay with what's going on, which makes sense, while everyone else seems quite all right with it. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And then we shift perspective several times to deal with several people uh, who uh, see the plane... Uh, from the ground, uh, and they're dealing with different circumstances themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good summary. I mean, beyond that, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I, I read this issue, and I was kind of thinking, like, this is the most tense issue of Ice Cream Man I've read in a really long time. But when I finished it, I felt like a bubble burst, and I there, the tension was gone, and everything was kind of released, and everything was okay. So, I don't know, like... It's so wild to see that you know to find another situation of Ice Cream Man, where something is insane is happening, and to feel that tension. But for the first time in a long time, there isn't just a sense of like evil horribleness was the problem, and instead there's almost like an acceptance of the end. I don't know. I, I know I'm not touching too much onto the details of it, but that that was kind of like my overall vibe of this issue. So wild for 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 this series.
1: Yeah, I I, I think it is kind of a like a meditation on coming to terms with something that is inevitable um and like sort of I mean almost like what the 12 steps of grief or whatever like you're fighting it um and then you're sort of accepting it or trying at least trying to and I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I think more recently with some of the last two or three volumes of Ice Cream Man I think we've seen some of these these issues where it's not just uh terrible shit happens and that's a little reductive but but certainly some of the stories were like that and 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 recently i think we've had stories that are more like yeah uh, terrible shit happens but then what do you do with that or Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. you know what does that mean big picture and and i think that this is one of those issues as well
0: yeah i i really found the like we got a ton of different stories and I think you hinted at this in your in your summary here but were they touching on on different elements that we'd seen before in the series I, I couldn't really make heads or tails of it because I was like yeah we've kind of seen this but also not like especially the two like heroin addicts right it just reminded me of some of the earliest issues of ice cream man where we saw those two folks who were doing drugs I think we've come back to them maybe a couple times at this point in the series right
1: yeah yeah and and in terms of interconnectedness, I don't
0: I don't really recall this
1: issue playing around with that as much as some of the other ones in this volume, but you, yeah, you you do sort of have this moment where uh, you do uh, encounter the the pair of users from from Ice Cream Man uh, number two, mm-hmm. and I and mm-hmm. I did think that was that was interesting because in some ways you almost start to get this idea of what if what if time is a bunch of what if time is like everything happening simultaneously right yeah you know all of all of that crazy shit somewhere out there um um, Matthew McConaughey is, is crushing a
0: can of beer and putting some cigarette butts into it. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. Uh, you know, and, and that's that's the thing about this series, right, is where I think we as podcasters, I think this whole series has us been saying, is it all connected? What does it all mean, you know? Um, right. And when we get these moments like this, it makes me think that maybe there is a grander story, but to what end, you know? Um, I think this issue in particular kind of spoke to me in a sense of thinking like, the signal uh, or the, the ending of this issue kind of, we saw a rep- repetitive like series of of acceptance, people trying to find hope, or people trying to find something to relieve their anguish in their final moments of life or in, in some terrible dire circumstance. Um, even to the end where our, our protagonist or the main character of this issue, Harold, you know, he finally comes to accepting that we're all going down and that's it. And there's almost like a sense of bliss that comes from that. And to me, this makes me think we've been talking Talking about this issue after issue, volume after volume, like Ice Cream Man has infected the world with this kind of awfulness and we see it propagate in myriads of different ways, right? But is this issue the sign that something is changing? And I think, like, I personally think that that's the case because, especially given the bonus comic that came with this issue this is the beginning of like uh, like something happening and changing for the world after all the awful things that ice cream man has kind of perpetuated out into the world first in like direct action and later in like really subtle things i think that's what we talked a lot about in the last volume of this so i don't know what what's your take on things nick
1: yeah that's that that's a tricky one i i do feel like this issue is maybe something of a shift and obviously the most overt logic behind that would be the uh story, the extra story at the end of the issue, which is probably the closest thing we've gotten in a long time to Ice Cream Man the book, uh attempting to perhaps revisit the whole uh Rick slash Caleb um showdown of sorts um that existed, I wanna say largely in volumes one and two and and maybe three, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. uh but I think it was sort of on ice before three yeah so we definitely get some of that i did feel in some ways that this issue was in line with some of the more recent ones we've had where ice cream man really isn't um at the forefront we maybe don't see him much or really at all um and right in certain issues recent issues we haven't even seen him we haven't even heard about him his presence mm-hmm. doesn't even seem to be anywhere and if you want to deep dive into it. Like we have, I think one of the things I've always felt is like at a certain point, the book hits some sort of an autopilot where Rick or Ricardus or ice cream man, whatever you want to call him, uh, basically says like, I don't need to get my hands dirty anymore. Um, I don't even need to sort of wait in the wings and make sure everything works. Like I've got everything running on autopilot. Now I don't Mm -hmm, even mm -hmm. need to be anywhere. Uh, all of these individuals and people and organizations um, are, are basically doing exactly what I want now. So mm-hmm. you don't even need me, um, right. period. And, and this issue is like that up until near the very end when uh, Harold, uh, the only um, passenger who seems somewhat distressed, or one of the few, um, because he encounters the flight attendant uh, who is crying in the bathroom And she tells him that the, um, oh, you know, what? sorry, I've got that wrong. The flight attendant brings the bomb on the plane, sneaks it on in a Mm carry-on, and this is told to Harold by, oh, the kid, the kid, the kid on the plane, the kid (laughs) on the plane tells Harold. Yeah. Um, that the, the flight attendant brought a bomb on and that's right. what blew up the plane right
0: and harold ends up finding the flight attendant and she's crying she's like I, he was just a smiling man i didn't right. think that the it would you know he convinced me. To me exactly Which, that to you know to us as longtime readers we know that that's ice cream man right like right there's always a smiling face i mean and we even see that in the bonus issue
1: yeah yeah exactly so so in that one moment you sort of have your oh okay so he is he is involved like he right. has a presence in this issue
0: right but I you know I think we're you know really in the in the mud on this and I think that in a certain way like maybe us deriving this idea of oh ice cream man doesn't need to be present I think that's almost W Maxwell Prince saying I don't need to throw, throw this guy in the story for you to understand who's causing this chaos right um, I think to, to that to that end though like this is one of the first times in a while we've actually heard about ice cream man being directly involved even if he may have been directly involved in previous um issues and i know that we've had like bits and pieces like the christmas issue and all that stuff but right still um it, it seems to be a less and less more co- less common thing and it's interesting to see how chaotic an issue can be without a direct involvement instead it's just the byproduct of something happening so i don't know it's it's this is an interesting issue though because it still ends with that that calm moment I think everybody ends with that calm moment in some capacity
1: well I, I Think the trickiest part of this issue for me and and I definitely got to that point like you did where you sort of ask Like is this a really negative issue or is it not? Mm-hmm. but the 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 tricky thing to navigate for me is The obviously the plane crashes the black box is recovered. We have a scene yep. towards the end of the issue where whatever the flight, aviation, safety board, whatever, you know, is is discussing the events. And what we find out is that the the conversation between the pilots on the plane, which when we saw it before the plane crashed, was sort of them confessing their love for each other, and there's this mm-hmm. romantic moment, blah, blah, blah. Um when we listen to the conversation on the black box, uh, it's actually a very argumentative conversation. Yeah. Um one of them professing their love and the other one's like what are you even talking about? Like are you crazy? And like I hope this plane blows up now because this is like wild or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah. I hate you and I've always thought right. you annoying, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and you wh- I mean what do, what do you make of that, right? Yeah. Like what do you do with that? Yeah, Does it I, I mean this is this is reductive thinking, right? But when Sometimes when you look at something like that, the real tempting question is just to go, like, well, which one's real, right? right. right. And that's a simple way of thinking, but which one's the truth? Which one, which one, quote unquote, really happened?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think this this whole volume kind of touches on the aspects of what is real and what isn't. And we'll talk about that, I think, in a, in a couple of issues. I specifically am thinking about the meta morpho issue uh, mm-hmm. number 27 and then the end of 28 but uh still I-, I think that is the the horror aspect of this issue right it's mm-hmm. ice cream man and us wondering like what's real what isn't uh was this nice little thing that we saw like actually just a ruse the entire time maybe the plane was way more chaotic but Harold for some reason found peace and therefore that was kind of the vision that he saw in his final moments right Um, we're not we can't really know but again that is the question that I think a lot of ice cream man always leaves us with is is this real what actually happened sometimes and you know Prince and Morazzo and co like they they deliver this perfectly convincing story for us um and I love that that's you know what makes this series great
1: well and and I think And I forgot about this until now but I I do wonder if they sort of answer that question right because in the order of things the plane crashes the National Safety Board reviews it we -hmm. have the black box and we cut to the plane at the end and there's a pair of birds over the wreckage, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I believe they're both Blue Jays, and if you recall, when the pilots are talking about reincarnation and what they believe in and how that happens, um, one of them says that he would like to come back as a Blue Jay, and mm-hmm, so you have mm-hmm. the two Blue Jays over over the wreckage, and that is, I believe, the final image, and so if, yeah. if you consider the final image to be sort of the definitive word on that, well, then, you know, I, I, I guess... I would look at that and say, well, then, you know, maybe, maybe what we saw on the plane was real and and the black, maybe the black box is, Well,
0: I I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's Rick's doing uh, for all we know. Um, right and i mean there's also that i mean there we we really have to eventually move on from this issue because i know there's no. there's a million things to unpack but the two <laughs> things that i want to point out about that is at the end so they see the blue jays but also we see nothing in the plane except for like the this the, the cross stitch that the old woman was doing you know mm-hmm. i don't think morazzo and and prince are afraid of drawing violence i don't think they're afraid of drawing <laughs> like dead bodies right S- certainly so, not so but what i'm getting at is that there is no bodies the like, or there was no bodies in the plane. And I was kind of like, not like looking for it in a sick way, but I was like, they're going to show this, but yet there was nothing there. It's just the wreckage. The it other thing like that a I thought- like
1: rapture sort of thing.
0: It, exactly. And it is a question of like, was there some like magical thing that happened here? Something that beyond the insanity of the world that's happening. So I, I found that to be interesting as well as, you know, the, the sergeant that who, you know, they're, they're reviewing the black box information. Like the sergeant just like doesn't care. He's just like, this is an absurd thing. Like, we all go down. They, they, you know, continue this mantra that I think W. Maxwell Prince sets up in this issue that who knows what that could mean. I, I mean, I have my theories, but we'll talk about that at the end of the, the um, episode. But still, I, I found that to be really interesting that there was still that question mark at the end. So I don't know as i I guess I'm recalling it now because I didn't have it in my notes, but you reminded me of that question. Yeah, so um, I guess we should move on, though. I don't know if you had any final thoughts about that, but I do really want to talk about the bonus comic.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Let's yeah. let's talk about the bonus comic. I think that's far and large for longtime readers of this series. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I appreciate the I appreciate the anthology element of it. But um, the fact that we are finally revisiting this is
0: huge. It's huge. Yeah, I I felt like this issue was written for the both of us. Like, like (laughs) somewhere out there in the ether, somehow this, you know, us clamoring for more, more, like, quote-unquote continuity with what's happening with the Ice Cream Man. And we finally got it in this bonus issue. Um, You had told me that you had mentioned it to me way, way, way back that this was, like, the big issue. I think even in the previous episode, you mentioned that. And so... (laughs) finally getting to see it i totally understand because i think i finished that bonus comic and i texted you i said nick you got the bonus comic and when you read it right you remember that um and you were like mike i was screaming about this when it came out. <laughs> i was like okay okay yep. um but yeah this this issue is insane because we're getting i didn't know what to expect i kind of was like get got a hankering i think like two or three pages in because we're seeing all these insane like things that exist like i don't even want to say deities they are just otherworldly beings things beyond imagination in some ways like the pointillism monsters or whatever they were called right like um, right
1: the the tree people the veiled brides the candy stripers mm -hmm, yeah yeah mm -hmm. and satan and you know
0: just good old satan which which i thought was so funny because i think that (laughs) we've seen people like look at ice cream man and think oh that's satan i think right but like the way that they talk about is like satan who like doesn't really have a lot of power just likes to fuck around like (laughs) i thought thought that was such a funny way to portray him
1: yeah yeah because uh as as it says uh and and what what exactly are they up to well uh as the comic says all will bear witness to the grand and final trial of ricardus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. otherwise known as rick
0: oh god I was, I was just, I was going to interrupt you to just continue on, but you know, yeah. Rick, AKA Ricardus, AKA <laughs> ice cream man, um, right. AKA many things. I, I found this to be so insane because I, I think we've talked about this in the past. We don't really know what the timeline is and yet this feels like the quote-unquote final moments and you know the end of the issue even says like to be resolved later but the thing that i found craziest is that caleb is there and so is this the person whose name i can't remember like the older man who kind of sends them off way 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 back in the day when we see the desert issue um there's ricardus and caleb and stuff
1: yeah it's it's the the the, i don't remember if it's technically their dad but it's certainly a father figure yeah and if I'm remembering this
0: right. Rick turns into a giant spider and kills him. Mm-hmm. Th- that was the thing is I thought that that guy died. So the fact that he's there with this big book and they're putting Rick on trial, it's like, when did this happen? Or are these like otherworldly beings trying to eliminate this, what they call like a, like a trickster demon or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or chaos demon? You know, I, I, I just want to know more. <laughs> well, the issue does
1: begin by saying that it happens many universe cycles from now. However, sure, you sure. want to read into that or not? And Star Wars was long, long ago, far, far yeah. away. So, like, <laughs> and as for your questions about the the two figures, right? Because we 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 begin with sort of uh, Rick being on trial, and we're greeted by these two figures: one who resembles Caleb, and the other who resembles the old man. Except their eyes are just like black, like pits, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And at this point, we certainly think that the old man. Is dead, and Caleb. Well, that's up for grabs, depending upon what you want to believe. Mm-hmm. Because he certainly seemed dead to rights in uh, in the back of that ambulance. But we've seen different mm-hmm. characters in different issues that don't look quite like Ca- don't look quite like
0: Caleb, but they look pretty close. Well, and... and I mean, but we've we've talked to that to a certain extent of like different manifestations of these characters, right? Because Ice Cream yeah. Man doesn't look the same as other versions of Rick. You know um, and can they change their form or is it just an incarnation of who they currently are like we don't know and it's I don't know we don't necessarily need an exact science on it but it is like that kind of mystery question here of like are they a embodiment of this idea or is that actually them
1: right and I think it's issue 28 and we'll touch on this a little bit later that really brings a lot of the questions from this uh, story and just turns them into more questions but uh yeah it's uh it's it's an interesting moment and and obviously it does end with us seeing rick who's in shackles uh and holding a spider it's sort of amusing right it looks like the sort of like shackles and kind of straight jacket and everything that you would expect like a usual suspect to be like brought into court wearing Mm -hmm, except mm -hmm. like this is some weird otherworldly being. And I'm like, okay, like, what are those shackles do? Are they metaphorical or something? Right, right, right. I don't see those being a real effective uh, deterrent. But, and and I will bring up this because we will see it later. That big purple object, it almost looks like a diamond that you see. It's like a gate, that big, like Mm -hmm. geometric image that uh, everyone is making the procession Mm -hmm. into. Um, we will see that again. And I do think that has meaning,
0: okay. okay, That
1: shape. And I and I specifically want to call that out for everyone who's been reading and certainly been reading the most recent volumes. We've seen that green triangle that represents the ice cream cone. And we've seen mm-hmm. that on on um, signs. We've seen it on clothing, We've seen it on merchandise. Um, I think the purple symbol, which is almost like a diamond is actually sort of the whole symbol or the inversion of the <laughs> the the green triangle I swear I didn't spend all of yesterday with geometric shapes and went what does
0: it mean but
1: <laughs> when we get to issue 28 you'll see what I'm getting at
0: yeah yeah so yeah a lot lot of little pieces uh to, to pull away from this um I don't know i I'm very curious you know I love this preview I love the the implication of there maybe being some sort of end or maybe some sort of other thing but at least we're getting more of this story so very exciting stuff yeah we should we should move on to issue 26 because uh, we've got two more issues three more issues to go here so um you know this is an issue all about the a person who is traversing their family tree from the top to the bottom to try to find the root of what they believe is their the cause of their addiction um things unfold a little bit differently and they break one of the branches which like i think kills one of their second cousins or something um but <laughs> right Right. I like this little this little dumb metaphor issue. I thought it was a pretty fun idea uh, to talk about a family history of addiction. Um, you know, I think Morazzo and and W. Maxwell Prince are just having fun with ideas at this point, and I love the way that this is all done together. Um, I don't know, Nick, what were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, so issue twenty six has the title of "Unfortunate Ancestry." Uh, the kaleidoscope image, as we know, there's always a kaleidoscope page. Mm-hmm. Um, is a tree with several branches and the subtitle is who came before you, uh, you're right. The issue does kick off by saying, please rotate your book 90 degrees clockwise. And I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, we're on to something and we're, we're greeted by this individual named Michael Arvek. He's climbing down his family tree because quote, uh, he wants to know why I am the way I am simple enough. Mm-hmm. I, I really love the structure of this issue I love that um, as he's climbing down the tree and the branches extend um, the branches as, as they shoot out he he sort of Mirazzo takes the middle of these branches and and turns it into like a panel mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Uh, an image of 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 Michael's history and um, it's just a really elegant way of of navigating the panel <clears throat> navigating the panel layout of something that could honestly get quite messy um mm-hmm. if you didn't know what you were doing and so yeah we uh we sort of navigate through all these different relatives of his i believe starting with his great great grandmother great grandparents great yeah great grandfather yeah basically coming to america right right who's a calligrapher and it's worth pointing out that his two big samples of calligraphy that we see one of which says lickety split Mm-hmm. Which of course has ice cream man connotations and the other says we're all going down which I mean that one's not hard to figure out that was just the last issue keep track everyone <laughs> uh, <laughs> come on come on it's uh, it's you can't even call it like a real recurring theme we just saw it and this individual I think like dies in an opium den after using it to cope with losing work we get to his grandmother um, Mary Ellen clearly struggles with alcoholism Um, She's, like, working 14-hour days on a factory floor. um, And, like, she dies during the delivery of Michael's father. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going through a couple of the relatives here just to give the brief outline. Uh, We have his father, JB. Clearly, it's the 60s at this point. Um, Who's, like, going around busking for change. And as they say, like, he's playing songs no one wants to hear anymore. And it's interesting because he's singing rock in the morning, rock around noon, right? which Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure is a lyric from the burned out musician in ice cream man three and rock around whatever rock around noon or whatever. Like that was his one big song. If you recall.
0: Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if those connected back together just because I, I know this this team likes to make callbacks to their own stuff and we we see some of it I think later still I I don't know is that the same well we'll have to double check oh no I
1: don't I don't I don't think it's the musician
0: no No, yeah I don't think it's the musician but is it the same song I mean we'll have to we'll have to check the books on that
1: yeah well it's certainly the same time period because Mm -hmm. that guy was also playing in the 60s So this guy ends up, apparently his brain gets heavily warped by LSD so that he would say things like, quote, "Uh, this world is haunted by a man in an ice cream truck, if only they knew. Uh, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of uh, cryptic. And, you know, Michael points out that his dad passed away last year. And by Michael's account, he's been, quote, drunk or high pretty much every day since. Uh, I did say... Uh, in that image, please note right below the image of Michael popping pills is Michael floating across a crosswalk. But behind him, but very very small on the other end of the crosswalk, is Ice
0: Cream Man. It really. Hold on yep. a second. Okay, yep. continue, continue. I'm looking. Well, this
1: there's up. A, there's a couple like very small Where's Waldo Ice Cream Man moments. There's mm-hmm. even one on the cover of 25 with the giant plane going down. If you look in the upper right hand corner of the plane um it's oh, very ice. small yeah, but ice. resting on the um the the edge the of the plane yeah, yeah of the wing is ice cream man um interesting yeah yeah i mean if, if he's quite literally playing a smaller and smaller presence in things mm-hmm. it's funny that his physical presence seems to be so small in some of the few spots um where you spot him assuming you do uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there are other things in the tree that I think are worth pointing out. Uh, we have the vulture that shows up, mm-hmm. and we also have the gremlin who was right. stealing the memory of the man who had Alzheimer's in ice cream man, 18. Mm-hmm. So
0: are all these people related? That's the question, right?
1: Right. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is the question. Uh, maybe I didn't even think about it in that framework. And yeah I mean overall i I think the big question of course is you know you have this theme of substance abuse that extends back beyond Michael and he sort of wonders towards the end of the issue like did they contribute to his current situation um he sort of asks uh was it inevitable um due to their situation that he would end up in a in a in a similar state so yeah there's there's sort of a meditation on that
0: mm-hmm I mean, we we've seen this team kind of talk about substance abuse in the past, yeah. um, You know, in a couple different ways, and I think this is them. I think exploring it in a different way, right? Because Michael, for the most part, seems to be like a a more functioning person. I mean, that's that's we could talk about that. And but I think like you know it's it's like a lot of opiate addicts in the in the Midwest in specific right like they are able to live their lives but they are one hundred percent addicts and they are doing all that they can to continue to get their opi- or opiates. Obviously, he's dealing with grief and and all that kind of stuff. But I you know I was kind of wondering like the whole we're we're all going down repeated from the previous issue like this is a continuation like a literal he's going down the tree, um and mm. all of these people live in the root system and it kind of makes me wonder like. Is there some significance to them all being underground in this secret place? Like he runs into his quote unquote daughter who is already underground, and I think that that's a really maybe this is the the commentary here is that they're all underground because they're dead or something like that, or they fall into the ground, um, and she has never been born because. He ended up dying or something like that. We don't even know why he's exploring this family tree, right? He is just falling down this thing. Like, is he already dead? Is he making his way to meet with the people who previously died from it, you know, in his life? Um, You'd think that there would be more people down there, but maybe there was a significance to this addiction being the thing. They all mentioned this idea of the hum in their chest. I wonder i really want to suss out what that means and i I'm just not just not smart enough to figure it out Nick I'm here admitting well, this to you on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: I mean it's i I didn't even think about that in terms of just a literal question of like what is a man literally doing in in a tree right and mm-hmm. I just sort of was like, oh this is like a conceptual idea right i I didn't even think about it literally. I was, but in terms of like the daughter thing, I just sort of looked at that as well. If his older relatives are at the top of the tree, and you would think, well, he must be at the base of the tree. Of course, mm-hmm. he doesn't get there, he falls in, a, in the attempt to get there. But, and then his daughter is, you know, subterranean, right? Because. Mm-hmm. She's below ground, conceivably, because if if you were born, you would be at the base of the tree, and she's not yet born, so, of course, she's under the tree. Yeah. Makes sense to me for being a weird metaphorical metaphorical story where you meet your not-yet-to-be-born daughter
0: in a root system, but, uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, there's, I don't know, maybe there's a couple ways to interpret it, right? Because in my mind, family trees start at the bottom, and your eldest family is at the bottom. And you are further up on the furthest reaches of the branches, right? Alternatively, oh, I see. Okay. Right, alternatively, though, um the way that this story I feel like is being told is that the youngest folks are at the top and the oldest are at the bottom. But you come from the base, maybe, um and you mm. grow. I don't, I don't really know. Maybe and maybe this the the original idea of a family tree still holds true, right? Like if you are the youngest, you are at the top, and you have to go all the way to bottom to meet your elders, but I I still can't get past this idea of his daughter being underground because you would think that she would be a new branch further up in the tree if she was alive. But I think that you can also take that as like these branches signify living um, or signify moments that are kept. But you as who you are goes back underground when you die to further nourish the tree to make it grow. I don't know. I Hmm. don't know, man.
1: Well, yeah. And I, I I think I'm right there with you in terms of like flowing with the story pretty well and then getting to the underground stuff and being like what 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 the fuck like what am i supposed to do and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's easy to get hung up on that i certainly got hung up on that but i think it's also equally important to not get caught up in that and to really focus on sort of the stuff with his daughter and you know he try. he worries that he needs to warn her about his own struggles Mm -hmm. and and you know she tells him you know you're likely gonna have more of these issues and that she knows that she will probably deal with these things too Mm -hmm. but that like she's aware of that and you know i think there's sort of a like knowledge is power kind of thing that like yeah you know about this and you're at least aware and cognizant of these problems and you're, you're going to try, like you're going to mm-hmm. try your best and, and maybe that's enough. And she shows them yeah. that, that door, right. She shows mm-hmm. him to this door where you end up um, like meeting several of the relatives. I think it's the great grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's his, his grandmother and then his dad. I yeah. think those are the three yep. sort of, it's this seemingly conceivably impossible uh, family reunion where they are basically you know sort of reunited uh at this bar location
0: right and well, the with the with the irony being yeah that, oh you yeah know, they're saying they're going to break the cycle by like continuously pouring alcohol into let's their body break the cycle you know?
1: by cheering let's all let's all do a cheers to yeah. break the cycle yeah but I, I i i do think it's sort of this moment where they basically say like it's easy to look back on your past And to, like, make these people dramatic figures or to demonize these figures. But you need to also just simply realize that they're people, quite simply, um, you know, and and not put them on a pedestal and not, like, demonize them, but just acknowledge that they're individuals. And, like, this gets into, like, this is, like, this is where Nick goes off the, um, you know, off the track completely. But Uh I think that this idea that I was talking about earlier... Um, with like the geometric symbols, like if if the triangle or the cone is Rick, then I think the diamond is the symbol of Caleb. And if you look at that scene at the reunion, um, you can see this diamond on the back of the chairs. <laughs> God uh, damn it! Nick. You can also see it <laughs> yeah. um, on the light fixtures that are coming down from the ceiling. Interesting. You also see the diamond at the um, end of the small story at a, in the um, first issue. The mm-hmm. the you know the court scene. And yeah, I don't I don't know if there's like what you can read into that. But if you notice this diamond symbol seems to show up around Caleb and this triangle symbol seems to show up around Rick. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you consider the diamond to be the whole symbol or the symmetry or the completed symbol or uh, it sort of fits in with Caleb's idea that like everything is whole. Mm-hmm. Like everything is a, a unified you know we are all one or whatever he says all the time like we are all the same or whatever Mm -hmm. uh i don't know like read into that folks like this was my crazy geometry deep dive into things but i think there might be something there with that with that big giant purple diamond-ish symbol and Mm. and its
0: reoccurrence so um but we'll have to keep keep notes on that i'm losing it folks i'm losing it let's let's move on to issue 27 the morphometasis. um nick what's this issue about (laughs) um
1: this issue is is whether or not you um read the metamorphosis by kafka or whether you want to lie about it or whether you (laughs) went on wikipedia for two minutes uh or if you
0: can if you can tell us whether or not kafka actually described the character as a cockroach or not um that's that's the barrier to entry for this issue right
1: yeah yeah that's that's i mean i i didn't i didn't fucking read the metamorphosis sorry <laughs> folks
0: well i did so this is going to be an interesting conversation yeah. um but
1: i'll put my i'll put my english degree in the mail you'll thank get you. it in three to five
0: days thank you thank you uh,
1: yeah it's um i mean what 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 can you say it's called the Morphometasis. yes I mean, and the kaleidoscope images bugs mm-hmm. and the subtitle I say every issue is a subtitle, which we're going to break because the next issue actually is the first issue to not use the Kaleidoscope pages and not use a subtitle, which right. is interesting. We'll get but to that. But the subtitle for this issue is, What Will You Become? Which is
0: interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you want to try to outline this issue? I mean, can you try to outline this issue? I mean, I I can try <laughs> to outline it, I guess. So this is an issue. I mean, my my first note is, well, this is fun because I like the idea of people trying to spin on the the ever classic metamorphosis of you turn into a bug and what happens this issue opens with an old man who suddenly dies <laughs> and his ice <laughs> right. cream falls on the ground and a bug says oh this is too sweet um he meets up with and the bug suddenly starts to get like narration uh it's a cockroach The cockroach belongs over to his buddies and uh we get the life of this cockroach as he slowly turns into a man over a series of time we don't really know what it is but it feels to me like overnight this this cockroach goes from cockroach to human um and then suddenly we are snapped to a reality where this cockroach turned man is living a life and has a kid and has a day job where his co-worker is talking about the man trying to get him and he gets demoted and there's extreme amounts of violence i i was genuinely feeling like shades of a righteous thirst for violence um for some reason at the end of this issue but uh Yeah, and there's this question of is life meaningless? (laughs) But at the same, you know, that's kind of like the the only thing that I could think of was like there's a lot of ice cream man references here, but I don't really know what to make of it other than uh, this feels like again one of the like most anthological volumes. Um, This issue in particular feels so just random in a good way in the best way it's what makes ice cream man so interesting Um, i couldn't really find any major connections to anything instead there's ice cream man iconography all over right we see the ice cream man desktop wallpaper there's an icm times there's um no standing except for ice cream vans in the first part of the issue but otherwise there's it's just a story of this weird thing as a bug tries to compare its life to that of a human's and recognizing so many things are futile and annoying and dumb about living life as a human. A bug's life is so much simpler and we could start playing whatever music you want and we could talk about Kevin Spacey's A Locust, but that's not what I'm getting at here. <laughs> Play some
1: Randy, Randy Newman Randy Yeah, Randy Newman, Newman thank you. Whatever um, the Randy Newman song from a Bug's Life So yeah, was. I don't know. This,
0: this issue is interesting. I, I feel like it's it's the kind of chaos that we expect out of an ice cream man issue um, even down to the last moments of extreme violence um, and I will say like this issue in particular did violence in the best way um, I really really have to admire Morazzo's just insane brutal violent pages that he has in the last couple of is- pages of this issue um, so yeah I don't know Nick what, what were your thoughts about this one
1: yeah I this for me is one of those issues where you can sort of tell that W. Maxwell Prince was like, this is what, this is the thing I want to mess around with. This is the thing I want to toy with. And, and sometimes it's not a real complicated thing and it's not like a real lore driven thing. But, um, I think this issue honestly feels like, uh, I want to, I want to play, uh, Kafka's work in, in reverse, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. I want the reverse transformation and, yeah, you, you you have this bug named Grrg, G um, R G, who of course becomes Greg after gaining human limbs uh, and confronts and scares a bunch of uh, several people in the park who you might recall were actually discussing the events of Ice Cream Man 25, mm-hmm. the plane. Mm-hmm. They're discussing the plane, which is interesting. This part I find really jarring to me. And if you want to get hung up on details like I sometimes do, I believe the issue literally says days later. And days later he has he wakes up and he's fully human. He has oh, a job.
0: Okay. I miss that.
1: Yeah, it's it's literally days later. Uh, and it turns into that what is that song where it's like you you wake up in a strange house in a strange place, <laughs> you know? Yes. And you're like, What am I doing with my life or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh it, it, it feels like that. And you're right. There's definitely a lot of iconography. ICM is on the clock in the house uh holtz holtz which is of course the brand that we know we now associate with with icm right holtz is, right. is on the cereal. um he even works for um Holt sales yeah so go figure
0: i couldn't remember if that was an icm thing or if i'm just catching that the name too often but okay you're oh you're, yeah yes 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 yeah that that Holt
1: played a big part in the issue where it's like the I don't remember if it was, like, a story within a story, but it's, like, the pulp detective who's trying to, like, investigate the company. Yes, And Holtz was the big corporation in that one. Okay. But uh, the other kind of fun detail, which I had to do a little research on, uh, because, again, uh, someone should take my English degree away, was that the son at the kitchen table for breakfast is reading, I think it's, like, Ovid for kids. Yeah. Ovid for kids. (laughs) Yeah. And Ovid's most famous work is Metamorphosis. Ah, I see. Okay. And... I, I read a little bit about it and I did uh the the work includes and discusses several different transformations throughout the whole um I think it's like an epic poem technically mm-hmm. there are a couple other English majors who are coming to my house to take my degree at this point right and um Wikipedia says that these transformations are often quote located metatextually within the poem through grammatical or narratorial transformations which I think is actually interesting because when you look at the narration and the text within this issue Mm -hmm. you can see that as he becomes more um, more human or when he becomes more bug at the end the narration in terms of the grammar the punctuation the spelling it all shifts it mm-hmm. all changes and it and it progressively changes you know in terms of like the complexity of his sentence structure and his spelling uh, changes as as he becomes more human and so right. i did like th- that was kind of interesting
0: and his the way that he speaks ramps up significantly quickly right like he goes yeah. from speaking in this really broken misspelled english to like really beyond my reading level type english you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah it's really it's really bizarre and i wonder if there is like a maybe more to this that you and i should probably be more well read to understand this comic book but um as to like why the rapid pace turns into that or is it maybe just this this idea that humans are far more complex um than bugs and i think uh prince was just trying to hammer that nail down
1: yeah but i i think also you know towards the end of the issue we find out that uh like Greg's coworker basically, you know, gets fired. Doesn't mm-hmm. handle that will, uh, Kills um, his boss. Decides that he can't have witnesses. Kills Greg. Just a stupid little detail I noticed here. When Greg falls down next to a car in the parking garage, mm-hmm. the um, the license plate on that car says ICM 27. And of course, this is the 27th issue of Ice Cream Man.
0: Haha, ha. we're all yeah. so smart. Well, I mean, that was the same with the black box in issue twenty-five. The plane's number was ICM twenty-five. I mean, these guys—oh, these guys aren't that clever. We're gonna catch him if they're doing an ICM <laughs> reference. One of us is gonna catch him. Yeah. Nick.
1: Exactly, no <laughs> doubt. But I—I I, I think my big picture takeaway, if you can have one, obviously, and even Greg thinks about it a little. Um, you have him sort of weighing and juxtaposing, um, his life as a human. Versus his life as a bug mm-hmm, in terms mm-hmm. of uh, which one does he find more enjoyment in, which one does he find more purpose in? And, and I, I think to some extent, I, I think he actually misses being a bug. Oh yeah, to some to some extent. And yeah, got more out of that. And so, you know, we can look at the story and talk about, oh, the complexity of, of humanity and everything. but you know, is that fulfilling? I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, you know, he, he really compares the simplicity of bug life being better because humans have so many things to do that feel unnecessary to him. Um, and I, you know, is this, is this Merazzo and, and Prince pointing at the, the banality of life, you know, like so many things that we have to deal with that seems so unimportant to us just getting on with our day. I mean, of course, right? Like <laughs> that seems to be like a core point of a lot of the, uh, i think ice cream man themes in a lot of issues is like we we do so much dumb shit like what's the point of it that seems to be like the the motif that uh, yeah that or the mo that like ice cream man seems to have whereas caleb is like no like all of this matters because everything matters um and, and of course that's the the big back and forth here so um i like that this kind of revisited that without having to have ice cream man kind of come up and say like none of this matters directly to our face you know i think we're supposed to really take that away um from the story because when this guy dies he dies with this smattering of blood that looks like a bug um Mm -hmm. and he died no different than he would have if he was a bug in some ways you know squashed under the foot of someone who just happens to have more power than him in that moment it was a guy with a gun
1: yeah yeah and i mean again as you said the 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 brutality of those uh sequences was just like yeah like you felt it you definitely felt that and uh kudos to martin morezzo
0: yeah yeah dude that gunshot to the face scene just that was yeah. something. that was something else yeah i mean not to celebrate violence or anything but jeez <laughs> <geez-o-peats>. oh <laughs> martin is that page for sale um <laughs> yeah um well uh, nick let's move on let's talk about issue number 28 yeah. wrap this whole thing up um tell us about the entomologist excuse me etymologist rises
1: I see what you did there, unintentionally or not. (laughs) Uh, No,
0: I just can't speak.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to give you an out. Um, uh, So, yeah, we have The Etymologist Rises. As I said, this issue is interesting because it is, at least to my recollection, the first issue that does not use the kaleidoscope intro pages or outro pages or Mm. have a subtitle. Instead, the cover page looks like a page ripped straight out of a dictionary and features words that start with E. And then the t- the uh, credits page just looks like the opening page of a dictionary. So what is this issue about?
0: Oh, well, the quick version, the quick version. Nick, yeah, I'll pay you $100 the, to the, give me the quick version. The real,
1: <laughs> real quick version would be uh, you have this guy named Brian Gartner. He is out uh, with a cheap... A Halloween costume, Indiana Jones Mm getup, in in the mountains somewhere. I don't think it's definitely called out, but it feels like the middle of like the Andes Mountains or some desolate place you don't want to be. And uh, he is attempting to get his hands on like I think he calls it like the word. Yeah, he's looking for the word that unlatches the locks, is what he calls it. Yeah, he's a very self-important smug little fuck and he (laughs) loves talking about the origins of words but... He always seems to be talking about like Germanic words and old English words mm-hmm. and he's very uh <laughs> he doesn't for someone obsessed with words he doesn't seem to have a real great linguistic grasp on multiple languages for starters he doesn't know the language of the guy <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's navigating them and he is slowly ascending this mountain as he goes up things get more treacherous, things get more dangerous, but he knows that what he is trying to reach is at the top of this mountain peak, uh, and along the way, um, things get pretty messed up. I think that would be it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without fully spoiling the end, yes, that, that sounds like a good summary. I, I thought this issue was kind of, it was trying to lead us somewhere that I didn't think it was going to go. Um, and I was surprised by the end of it because my takeaway from the last two or three pages was oh like this is the beginning of like the next step, I think. In in Ice Cream Man in some ways. Because I think that, you know, we we get this whole this guy's an idiot, this guy's kind of a dummy. Um vibe from him he's very intolerant he's very much just like an explorer out to explore he's got a greater cause like like an alchemist he's there to eat pray love yeah yeah he's He's an alchemist that's looking for his great work you know um and it's this word that nobody seems to know about except for him and you know i find it interesting that this is the way that the storytellers here use to kind of unlock where i think ice cream man has been for a while right Um, he's been kind of up on a mountain meditating and it's such a weird thing because I'm like why but also the big reveal of the way that this guy speaks the word um, is significant I think for the whole series so I don't know I thought this was like a really cool issue that played with like really standard dumb tropes and resulted in some really cool ice cream man lore so
1: yeah it's oh god like there's a lot to unpackage here, and I think part of it is like we get it. Like W. Maxwell Smith is is very smart, and he wants to have a discussion about like the meaning of words and and what power that imbues or doesn't. Sure, um, but I also um like that this this idiot of his like Brian is such a just such a st- stupid dork. I I wrote. Uh, <laughs> quote he feels like the uh, I am a white male explorer absolutely making no attempt to blend in and this is the clothing I think I need when I am exploring outfit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah you know he doesn't seem to bother he doesn't care about learning the local language and like when they try to offer explanations for like things or whatever he's like yeah 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 okay like let me let me tell you the old English origins of this word and uh-huh. they're like alright great that's cool so he's a real dork, which helps because that means we don't have to feel real bad when terrible things happen to him. So that's convenient.
0: Did, were you thrown at all by the fact that they just kind of batted their eyes at a monstrous spider? <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, he, he wakes up and there's this just gigantic
1: spider and and the and one of the guides says, oh, that's one of his creations. And it's like,
0: hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had a feeling that we were going to get to something with ice cream, man. I just didn't think it was going to be so, like... Plain in some ways and I I don't say that is like an insulting thing because I think that the plainness of it adds like a a depth to the story rather than it just being ice cream man up on a mountain fucking around instead it's like no no no, he's actually been up here and he's been doing something Um, what that is we don't really know but like we see these these rainbow flowers kind of come up a couple times in the story and they're just kind of there they make a tea out of them and they aren't really relevant into the last pages of the story where you know Ice cream man who is this monk. I assume that's who he is. You know, he's been smiling. He's got this big beard and he's chilling. The flowers aren't anything of significance until he says, oh, by the way, they're poisonous. And then this guy falls to the ground. And the thing that I took away from that moment was these. there was the little, like, uh musical notes that were like painted in the rainbow colors we've seen that Mm -hmm. many many Mm -hmm. many times in this series right i always Mm -hmm. took it as like haha this is kind of a funny jingle that kind of wraps up the issue or something like that and especially it was especially prevalent in the issue that we talked about before with the guy who was playing music um and he kind of had like it was like one of the few positive stories that we got with this guy like got everything that he wanted and to me It makes me kind of recontextualize all of those times that we saw those musical notes because is that ice cream man or whoever's using this whatever power that's creating these types of word bubbles is that them writing something to reality like as soon as it's said with these word bubbles with these special little musical notes something seems to have come true. And I'm wondering like in all the other times behind it right is there power behind Mm -hmm. these musical note like things and have they been fucking with us the entire time this goddamn creative team.
1: you know no no, you're right because uh i I didn't even think about that like i think people look at that or at least i did after the like issue three and i go oh this is like a callback motif that's kind of clever or it's like a it's a calling card for for um for ice cream man but but Mm -hmm. not that there Mm -hmm. was like power being you know transmitted or or sort of a a
0: command being uttered with it so that is or this is is interesting but to go into the, the the bit from the whole you know issue you know the word that unlatches the locks, like. The locks of of reality the locks of safety the locks of of imagination right ice cream man wants and can manipulate time and space in so many different ways is it because he knows the word and other people in the series saying lickety split and all these other things that we associate with ice cream man are they then trying to you know emulate what ice cream man is able to do just by singing this song or maybe just saying these words maybe it's not even music it's that's just the iconography that they've decided to associate with those word balloons I think this is where we say Mike has been looking a bit too much into this series here. I don't know.
1: It's okay. (laughs) I had a long discussion about triangles and diamonds earlier. I think you're fine. Okay, good. (laughs) I mean, here's my question, right? Because like this issue clearly has some association with issue 25 or the extra story in issue 25. Oh, of course. Yeah. And there's a point where... um, Well, there's several points where Brian... Sleeps. He goes to sleep and he has these crazy dreams. And the first time he sleeps and he's woken up, he's interrupted from sleep. It's the spider. But the second time, just before he wakes up, he sees the judge or the father figure. He sees the the judge and Caleb and the judge says, wake up Mr. Gartner. And Caleb says, where's Sam? Sam being the name of the guide. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and Brian wakes up and he tries to track down Sam and uh, he finds Sam uh, he finds half of Sam mm-hmm. half of Sam in the clutches of what looks like a like a yellow Chewbacca on meth or something like uh, <laughs> in a cavern yeah, yeah. but it, it made me wonder it's like are they trying to like warn him are they trying to help him well, Um I, I because saw it th- doesn't even matter right because yeah. eventually the, the guide like later the guide is like this shit is fucked up I am going down the hill mhm mhm and and Brian's like, well, I'm going straight to the top. And the yeah. guide is like, yeah. He no, Brian's like, yeah, I'm going to the top. I'll see you later. And the old man is like, you will not see me again because <laughs> you are going to die.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I took that as you know, I. I don't know. I I wasn't seeing that as like a like a portal into the previous issue. Obviously, it's tied together. But he his first dream was like a weird manifestation of this idea that he was trying to find. Right. And the second time he dreams, it's like he's seen another quote unquote hallucination. We just happen to know as readers that it's a look into the thing that we had seen before in, in issue 25 the, the great so, procession yeah yeah so I think that in, in his first dream you know the world talks to him about what's happening outside of his dream and in the second one I talked took that as he was watching maybe this happen in his dream but when they speak to him that's his own mind kind of bleeding into the dream you know we all do that right we're like you're sleeping and then all of a sudden right as a, you know there's a car driving and it turns to hit you and then suddenly you wake up and your alarm goes off right like that kind of stuff still happens to people. I think that's what they were doing here. I don't know if there's really more to look into it, but Mm. as we typically do with Ice Cream Man, we tend to look into things far too deep. So maybe, maybe you're right, Nick.
1: (laughs) Well, I also looked at it sort of like in issue 25 when we suddenly cut to the two junkies, right? And I said, well, maybe like all things are like able to see all other things or all time is simultaneous. Like, is this man climbing the mountain and this otherworldly trial thing um like is there some like simultaneity or ability to to see between these
0: things yeah yeah also if you want to oh go ahead i I was gonna say in that moment where he does reach the top of the mountain they're kind of in like a null space right like they're on the top of the mountain but there's nothing around there's no background and this issue in particular has been very good i think Murazzo does a great job of establishing where they are climbing up the mountain i mean God, you look at this volume alone, you can see the range on this guy, like, drawing anything from exploded planes all the way to extremely detailed, like, nature scenes and and big, hairy, meth-fueled Chewbacca's, Um, you know, but it's very pointed to know that when he gets to the top of the mountain, it's just the ice cream man in, in his full hippie regalia, and there's nothing around them, all the backgrounds are white. Um, I think there's something significant to there I I think you know if this guy made it To the top of the mountain like did he Make it to this place where Maybe realities are touching each other Maybe there's a place where ice cream man A.K.A. Mm. Ricardus is in this In this purple diamond jail thing But he's also on earth You know at the top of this mountain or something like that I mean that's this is me again You know really really reaching for, for Some sort of connection here but I think That it's definitely something to note that There's no backgrounds. There's no detailed anything. There's no nighttime sky. It's just them on the top of the mountain with white in the background.
1: Well, and doesn't Rick utter like the same words like uh, that are in the end of issue 25 where he says like, I see like now, now we begin the great trial of Ricardus or something like that. He says something to that effect. And I'm like, well, that's interesting because you're not, you're not in shackles Mm -hmm. in whatever like. You seem quite content and quite free uh, So yeah, no, you know, you're right. what Does that mean right? I forgot he, like his
0: text bubbles are yeah. in purple for that moment And he says that we all will bear witness to the grand and final yeah. trial of ricardo Is this the end of is this the end of ice cream man? Nick is the next arc the final arc? Well, I mean, it's
1: fun, <laughs> right? Like he isn't it interesting that he's he's using the same words, mm-hmm. right? He's using the same words as the judge and mm-hmm. yet he seems quite free. He seems yeah. quite happy and it's hard to ignore that this is juxtaposed with we do have the dreams mm-hmm. the dreams do intercut with that procession and with the judge and Caleb and so what does that mean i don't know yeah it's uh yeah. it's 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 a tough
0: one why do we do this to ourselves nick yeah we come to know. we come to we're this done. series and we we read it every month and it feels like we're somehow somehow after all this time still left with more questions than answers <sighs> What are your final thoughts on this volume? I just I just want to know what are your what are your final thoughts here? It's 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 a it's a satisfying volume. I think mm-hmm.
1: I think people readers who are wondering if we're gonna ever see some sort of momentum, I feel like this 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 volume provides it in in several issues, and I think it also manages to have some of that poignancy poignancy and and emotional heft that we've you know come to appreciate uh, especially in some of the more recent volumes where maybe not everything has to be terrible not everything has to be gruesome not everything has to be scary Mm -hmm. especially even like when I think about like the advent calendar issue right and like that's not I don't really look at that and go like okay well here's the sinister undertones or whatever or whatnot Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. it's just about the human condition and and there are issues like that that we've seen recently, where it's just like, oh, this is just an issue about having a a relative who's who's losing their 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 memory, or um, this is about you know dealing with with addiction, and and specifically, you'll see more of that in an issue for the next volume, and it's mm-hmm. just exploring those things, and um, I think at one point, you know, that was like bugging me, and I'm like, okay, like where's Ice Cream Man? Where's Caleb? Where's the momentum? what terrible thing is going to happen to person X and Y inevitably, because we know it will happen. Right. And, (laughs) and eventually you're like, whatever this is, it's, it's fine. It's, uh, it's almost like slice of life, but it's not, (laughs) but like as slice of life tends to be pretty sunny in some ways. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say that this is like dark, terrible slice of life, but it's very much like, just neutral gray normal experience and sometimes that's not a terrible thing to read yeah i don't know
0: yeah i, I mean i, I follow don't know you. what do you what do you take I, 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 it's i i definitely follow that line of thinking like there is nothing that is so dark and sinister about this series that it makes me kind of feel like oh man i'm gonna have to read ice cream man and it's gonna just be brutal and depressing right there's there is like a, a levity to this whole series that's it, it like underpins everything that happens. And I know that's because there's this idea of like a jester evil character that I think we all kind of enjoy reading. Clearly, you and I do. Um, but at the same time, there's like the, it, it, it allows for bright moments and dark moments without it saying we're only going to do the dark moments. Um, and I think that we see this in this issue. We see characters rise and fall in a way that is very, I don't know, unique to this series. Um, and I don't know, like you said, this this whole issue, or this volume being four issues and being really satisfying is totally true. I blasted through this issue and I loved every moment of it, um, maybe more so than previous volumes, right? And I think that's just proof that one this series is fantastic but two that like there's so much that this book offers every single volume you never know what you're going to get and that is the draw for me is like i know what the core conceit is and this isn't like watching a chucky movie right where you know that chucky's gonna come alive he's gonna kill some folks who don't believe that he's a real scary doll it's like (laughs) no 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 no. ice cream man is going to constantly try to circumnavigate your expectations and when it does meet your expectations you're going to be satisfied and when it doesn't you're going to be surprised but in a pleasant way um, and that's what this book has done for us and we're finally getting lower that's also what I really want like m- Morazzo and 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 everyone working on this book Prince and and all the folks like they've done something to really make us chomp at the bit for this thing but the fact that we haven't gotten it and still find the book satisfying you know issue after issue is proof that they're doing something super solid here so I don't know I I love this volume. this is this was great this is such a fun read Um, even for being four issues long I can't wait for the next one
1: yeah yeah and as someone who I think is done with the next <laughs> done with the next volume already in single issues, uh, you're gonna you've got a lot to to be excited for. it's it's really solid and I, I I hope that however this book continues to be made, it just continues to work out because sometimes I look at this book and I go, I, I don't know who else is maybe still reading this. No, no, but no, no. I'm don't I'm happy that. that there's other people because
0: <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I, I have to think that a lot of people are in the same boat as us, right? They really enjoy the unexpected, like, direction that this book constantly goes without ever straying from what you want out of this book there's always going to be something brutal there's always going to be something extreme there's always going to be something fantastical in like a strange way um whether that's you know a a positive thing a negative thing or whatever um so i I don't know. I feel like there's enough. There's there's a readership out there. I don't want to jinx this book, so Nick, yeah. we're, we're gonna stop talking yeah. about that. But that uh, sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the next volume, and we'll have to we'll have to do volume eight pretty soon here because I think it's gonna drop <laughs> in a moment since it's been so long since we've done one of these. So yeah, uh, I guess yeah to wrap things up for Ice Cream Man Volume Seven, I'll say uh, check us out uh, on Patreon, and all that stuff. We recorded this way in the past, so I don't even know what next week's topics is gonna be. But make sure to check us out on the internet on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Discord, Goodreads, all that link and stuff they're going to be in the show notes um support us on patreon there's episodes debut there first we've got a bunch of stuff that's only available on patreon like the ircb movie club saga of saga and so much more Uh, infinity shred does all of our music they're the best band in the universe i want to say thank you to xander and uh i i I guess that's it like he's an ice cream man in itself you know here on ircb (laughs) Uh, i want to say thanks to nick for recording this with me thank you for everyone out there for listening and supporting us on patreon and until next time comics are good and so are you